0: Hello, everybody. It's Ramble On. I'm here with Marcus and Andy. I have staged a coup. I've decided to host over Marcus. <laughs> he doesn't look happy with it, but maybe that's just
1: his face. Um, I'm muffled, that's why.
0: Yes. So uh, a little while ago, I spoke to our very own Kate Mason about her memories of, of, of tournaments past. Um, obviously, you you know some of some of the way that m- myself Marcus Luke and Pete have spent tournaments because you because you, you've listened, but mm-hmm. perhaps you're not familiar with, with 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 Andy Jules Fish and Kate's memories. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about those now, and we're gonna talk to Andy about his memories of European tournaments. Um, Andy, what was your what was your first Euros?
2: What was your first memory of that? Euro '88, um, and I it was the first tournament that I saw quite a lot of simply because uh, we went on, not just because of the chronology, and it's the first major tournament where I'd been obsessed with football. Yeah.
0: You know? Um, so w- was, this was, your, was, was 86 your first memory of, of football in general, or was the Euros the first one? Like,
2: yeah, 80, 86 was the, uh, World Cup 86 was the mm-hmm. first one where I, I remember watching quite a few of the games. But by 88, I'd started going to games like whenever I could. And um, yeah, for, for, so for Euro '88, I was I was looking forward to it, and I was planning to watch as many games as possible. Unfortunately, I had a school journey in the middle of it, where um, my school went up to uh, the um, the Peak District for uh, probably three days. The good news, though, mm-hmm. was that I got sunstroke while I was there in the Peak District. Mm. So I know it's incredible, isn't it? So when I when I came back. I watched the final stages mm-hmm. of uh, the Euros with my feet in a bucket of cold water mm. uh, while my mum brought me sandwiches. Is and it... I watched all the games while all my mug mates were at school. <laughs> it was amazing. This is amazing. what turned you into the man you are, the yeah. fine journalist. Pretty pretty much. I remember being on the coach on the way back and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you'll have a bit of empathy here, Spells. Mm. <laughs> I, we were on the coach back and I was thinking, oh, I really don't feel good. And the, the, we, I think it was it would have been Capital Radio or something just playing general music because everyone was on the bus mucking about. It was like, oh, we've, we've got a goal update from, from Germany. Yes, and uh, Marco Van Basten has scored again. And I was yeah. like, oh God, I feel sick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have you ever
0: had heat stroke, Marcus? No, I don't think It so. is so much worse than you think it is, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's awful. When horrible. did you have it, Jim? I incredibly got mm-hmm. it in Brighton. I was dehydrated and I was just out in the sun for a long time in, in the morning for some reason. I just started to feel not awful. Sunstruck. I just, no, I, but I, I, trust me, I know the difference. I'm very experienced in the, in the other one. Um, and only you make that noise in this in this, in this group of people. Um, it's
2: whenever we talk about international football. Yeah, it's it's involuntary. Mm, it's
0: in a thug comes out. you chucking garden furniture around for long mm-hmm. but yeah it's um it's it's awful you've you're really cold and really hot at the same time you've got no energy it's mm-hmm. just just no fun it's no fun at all oh, but i can imagine the football is a real tonic to that if you just sat in front of your feet in a bucket of ice and well, mum's bringing you sandwiches when, when
2: you're having a cheese and beans toasty and uh, watching marco van basten score a late winner against west germany i mean what's to argue with really indeed how ill can you really be <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't. I, I don't really remember Marco Van Basten on the international stage that much. I would. I would sort of vaguely re- remember him playing for AC Milan. You knew what a player
2: he was. I mean, that, this predated the European Cups with with mm. with Saki. So this was the moment yeah. where Van Basten basically stood on the table and said, "I'm the best. Get a load of me." Mm. Yeah.
1: would he be one of your favourite players of all time? Absolutely. Yeah,
2: and and then you look at the the goal in the final mm. and. Yeah, I, I know. Which one
1: was that, Andy? It doesn't leap to mind.
2: <laughs> and I know that you, you look at that, that where Bayern are now and think um, that the, the Allianz Arena is fantastic and the, the Allianz Arena is fantastic. But the old Olympia yeah, Stadion, yeah. When, I remember when BBC's coverage started, when the camera started, yeah. right at the, at the top of the Olympia Stadion and the, the, the sort of covering semi-covering of it it's like a big spider's web it is
1: it was quite iconic
2: wasn't it Yeah, I, I did miss it was, it was. it was an amazing start and then of course Hullet opens the scoring and then Van Basten scores that goal and the the, the cut to the to the touchline uh, Renus Meikle's going God, what happened there? Yeah. And he's seen everything. He's seen Cruyff at I mean, Barcelona. A very
1: demanding man as well. Ex- ex- to, to exactly. To impress him like that.
2: And to, to be, well, not just to impress him, to absolutely stun him.
1: Knock his balls off.
2: And um, my, I always had a bit of an interest in Dutch football because my godparents are Dutch. Mm-hmm. And um, after the finals, I got sent a um, Holland Euro 88 shirt, which I clearly bought off the sale rail because it was absolutely massive to the point where it still fits me and I'm 44. Yeah, but, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but is 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 pristine and uh, yeah the pride of place in my small but perfectly formed football shirt collection.
1: Do you think Rude Hullett is is sometimes one he's not remembered as a footballer in the same way as Van Basten because Van Basten got his injury and then didn't come to England of course and didn't sort of manage here and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Rude Hullett was a phenomenal player. Yeah. I mean I, no, I don't
0: think people aren't aware of that.
1: I, yeah, I just I'm just
2: worried about Rude.
0: That's all. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's probably all right. <laughs> I think
2: he is. But Rude Hullett was such an icon. I mean, he was he was actually name checked in Only Fools and Horses, wasn't he? On the on, on the Jolly Boys outing. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when when Rodney gets arrested, uh-huh. when they're at the coach stop, and he, he picks up the football and he goes Rude Gullet, no one mate, and <laughs> and he, he boots the ball and it hits a policeman. Uh, uh, yeah. and, and then, the, then the Coppers take him away.
1: Yeah, I used to think when, in, in the start of 1990 World Cup, you're right, he was so iconic, Hullick, I used to think as a, as a kid, he was like the, the greatest player in the world. I wasn't really basing that on that much because I was very, very young at the well, time. Well,
2: as well, you have to look at the coverage of football then as compared to now. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my kids who are not as interested in football as me, mm. and I'm not sure if they ever will be, Or anyone will be (laughs) possibly. (laughs) You do love it. They they know more about football than I did at their age, by quite a long way, because it's it's just endemic. It's it's everywhere. It's everywhere, and it just seeps in. Perhaps more.
1: It was almost sort of more mythology uh, around it.
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And and I think as well, it made an international tournament more special mm. because you would you get... You know no idea about get, these players. Yeah, you would get to know them properly. Mm-hmm. And you know what it's like even watching a tournament now, you know, when you get people who would like, I know I have friends who like take a week off work or whatever so Mm, they can watch all the games in the group stage that you're like really living the tournament Mm. it's fantastic even now but then when there wasn't football on the telly all the time I mean it's just like you know your folks went out and there's as much Coca-Cola and free pizza as you can eat
0: Yeah, it was it was glorious. I mean, Euro '96 obviously was a mm. was was the one that stands out, doesn't it? Because obviously it was here, and, and England did so well in it. And what I mean, like th- those it, memories are absolutely just un, unbeatable, really.
2: I agree. They're they're, they're my favourite England memories, mm. Euro '96, because it was my first year at university, and I, I was in one of the cities mm-hmm. where. Um, it was it was happening i was I was I was in Newcastle and especially the stadium there's very central and mm-hmm. um you know we 've talked before i 've talked before a lot about it being you know really at the the heart of the city um and the fact that Alan Shearer was absolutely smashing it, and it was yeah. a huge part of that as 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 Geordie as well um but to to me I've. We've talked about this, haven't we? I, I don't feel particularly attached to the to the England team.
1: Yeah, it upsets me every time.
2: I, I know, but I'm going to come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm going to come back to it. I, if, I think of, if I think of the moment where I felt most attached to England, actually why I don't feel particularly attached to England now, mm. for, for me, watching England is something you do with all your friends. Yeah, mm. and I don't really get the opportunity to watch football mm. with all my friends that long that much because I'm, I'm often working at you it.
1: You weren't there when we had the ramble party for the Tunisia game at the World Cup, were you? No, I was at the oh, World oh, Cup. That
2: was glorious.
1: Andy, if you were there, if you were there, you'd be tattooed up with the three lines and everything. <laughs> <laughs>
2: of, of course.
1: Uh, the, 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 Oi, gr- I, we every had old Horncastle going, you know? The the,
2: the, the great bit of that is, I, I feel like I did play some role in people's enjoyment of that because we were, we were in this like <laughs> deserted sort of uh roadhouse in russia it was it was like a big log cabin with some very threatening men playing pool at one end of it mm. and at the other end it was just me and my friend who i was working with were the only people watching it on the television and it was on a projector mm-hmm. so it was on a nice big screen but the thing is that the projector had some sort of auto shut off that it would like go off every 10 minutes <laughs> that's so um, annoying that. i know and exactly was, what you mean it was it was it was Attached to the ceiling. You see the countdown sometimes. Like, I, was, I was the only person in the place, mm. including the staff, tall enough to reach it. Oh. So every 10 minutes, I had to like...
1: Get the big man up there.
2: Put my drink or my dinner down, get on my tiptoes, give it a prod.
1: And uh, when you and did it, like, everyone go... Are going,
2: yeah, two people go, Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, that was it. Oh
1: my goodness. Another Well, a memory for us, Jim, the in Euro 2012, which we've mentioned on the show a few times, talking of screens and this kind of thing is that uh, else, when we were, we went to watch England versus Sweden yes and we were watching France versus uh, Ukraine it would have been on the TV and those guys in that bar outside there was no TV outside so they managed to get like this flat, flat screen TV from somewhere and then they'd like wrap two chains around it you know, <laughs> and then sort of try to hang it up <laughs> and it was it you're just looking at that and thinking I, I hope you're insured yeah um, and uh, and the weather was a bit ropey because the game in the France game was then called off because of the downpour. Yeah. And now I know Ukraine's a big country and I can't remember. We were in Kiev. Maybe that was in Donetsk, perhaps I can't remember uh, to be honest or Kharkiv somewhere. So the weather you know, got a little bit windy where we were and you look at this bloody television yeah. <laughs> swinging <laughs> just around swing on the my time. head. <laughs> 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 just like, but you know, sometimes you feel like, ah, oh, it's good to be in a country where health and safety isn't
0: so. It doesn't
1: sanitise everybody. You know? Yeah, I
0: mean, it was nice to go to go out and experience the Euros, wasn't it? Actually, have, have be out there and have that presence. And obviously, you've experienced a lot of that, Andy, as a journalist. But like, when you were a, uh, like what was what was the first tournament you went out to cover? Mm. When did that change? Because it is quite a, it, it is an amazing feeling, isn't it? It's something you've always wanted to do, and then when you're suddenly actually doing it, well, you it's said, brilliant.
1: You said something which I sort of resonated with me was when we went to visit Kiev it was like we were visiting the European Championships yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. Kiev.
2: If you My first Euro, I, I did a bit of freelance work around Euro 2004, but the first Euro that I... Did all of was Euro two thousand and eight? It was the first tournament that I went to with 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 Portugal.
1: England weren't there, and you thought that's me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I
2: always had, I, I always have fond memories of that first game. Um, I played against Turkey in in Geneva,
1: mm-hmm. and it was in Switzerland and Austria. The tournament,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've got so many Portuguese expats in Switzerland anyway. Okay. So the interest, the anticipation was really big. They were training and in, and in, in based in a a relatively small town in a really, really quiet town in Neuchatel, So there was excitement there. And, you know, there were um, Portuguese people in the, who lived there and their families coming to watch the team training in the, in, in the week coming up to it. And it's the first time that I'd been embedded with a team. So you see them training every day. You see like the 10 days of prep. It, it feels like forever until the first game comes around because you go out there early and you cover all the training and that. I just remember when they scored the opening goal, it was Pepe scored the opening goal in Geneva in the second half. And the moment that it goes in, and a lot of the journalists mm. are quite excited about it, but you just see everyone on the bench, not just the substitutes, but all the, 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 the backroom staff, the mm-hmm. people who do the boring admin mm-hmm. staff, um, the physios, all of, all of that, the kit men, all just get up. And just pile on the yeah. pitch, yeah, yeah, yeah. celebrating, yeah, 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 yeah. and it just means so much. And because you saw everything that mm-hmm. went into it in the build-up mm. to it, I, I was that was really special. Oh, that outpouring of
1: joy when when a team scores its first goal at a tournament, yeah. It's, usually, yeah, it's just as you say, it's suddenly like everybody. It's like if you're if you're involved, you got get everyone, get them all here, everybody on. You know, I, it's, I, it's a marvelous
2: moment. I felt that with. Shearer against Switzerland in 96, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Because, of course, he'd been on such a barren run as, right. as, as, as well. And, it, you know, it broke the dam for him. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was a huge moment. Also, I, I risked making a mess of my first year at university to make sure everything was right for that. Because <laughs> I had an exam... On what did the, you study? On, on the Saturday, uh, English language and literature. Yeah, okay. On the morning. Oh, yeah, it's no, fine. No, no, no. It's fine. You can just fuck it off then. I don't know what I
1: was thinking there, by the on
2: the, on the morning, it was I had an, my last exam on the Saturday morning. Mm. And so it was a bit of a race against time. To finish the exam, I was in charge of going and getting the beers, which were then because it was very hot day. Ooh. Yeah, um, and and put them in bins full of ice, Mm -hmm. uh, iced water, Uh, and so I I was looking at my my watch while I was in the exam, and I I remember like knowing that you know, if you got like fifty percent, they can't throw you off the course, and I I I I looked at it and I thought, well, look, there's there's it was an hour and a half exam, forty five minutes. I thought I thought I've I've done an hour. I must have done enough to get 50%. Come
1: on! <laughs> oh, my God.
2: And, th- and then off I went, got a head start, Yeah, got the, uh, got the drinks in, got 51%. So jobs are good. That, that, you got, it, ladies wow. and gentlemen,
1: that's amazing. Ladies and gen- Do you know, John Wilson has got a great story. When he was a student during year 96 where he was doing an exam on the day of England versus Scotland. or well, Scotland versus England, of course, mm. as it was drawn. And he, he said that... Is that not a Saturday? Uh, quite possibly. But he had it Oxbridge, yeah, um, of course. <laughs> and uh, the study, yeah, I had the
2: same situation. Yeah. The,
1: the studying never stops, there, Jim. And <laughs> uh, and he had an exam to do, and uh, so he was doing that. And he told me this so many times. So if I have got that that detail wrong, that is poor. But it was definitely Scotland versus England, and he was. I'm, I'm quite sure it was an exam. Anyway, he he finished up, and again he sort of rushed it so he could get back for the second half. And so he says he still got like you know whatever you wear to an exam i don't know you probably have to wear the full gums or something anyway whatever it was again i'm exaggerating he then sort of runs and heads through and he said that he got to the place where they were watching the game and there was an open window to it and he said he leapt through the open window did a forwards roll and sort of landed perfectly front and center in front of the television and then someone just handed him a beer, and so in one moment, one movement, sort of through the window, forward roll, sat down, hand out, chink. Thanks very much. Second half begins, and he said, "It's the only time in his life where he's done something remotely kind of cool and sort of you know. <laughs> that's very
0: A Team." Yeah, it is, isn't it?
1: It's very Michael J. Fox. It's, it's Michael J. Fox was an England fan. Yeah, at the start of Back to the Future, would have happened? It's <laughs>
0: tempting to think that he's kind of misremembered that, but I don't want to take it away from him because it's yeah. it's just too cool.
1: Well, you've done it, Jim. On the on
0: the on London Underground. It's not the same, is it? I fell down an escalator <laughs> and rolled back onto my feet because of the momentum. It's not the same. Did no one handed you... a scar. Yeah. No a one handed a, me a beer, a no. one handed you the guitar and you did a little riff or something.
2: <laughs> Smoke
1: on the water. Bam, bam, bam. We're like, who's that guy? He should be advertising Gillette or something, you know? My goodness, what a man. What a man! So that's a good. See, I you you Euro two thousand and four, or you? Do you know it's it's funny underrated tournament for England uh, that. Yeah, it's great England memories actually on that one. Remember being absolutely gutted when France like pegged England back at the end, like in a in a pub in Hampshire, just everyone just like staring into space, going, "How?" It was as if England had been beaten on penalties. Why did Gerard do that sort of thing? He's like even a point yeah you you sort of when the second goal goes in you're like oh for the love of a point you know you know when
2: i said about england being a friend's experience yeah i I remember i I just moved into like my first own flat Mm. really in in um london i guess probably about a year before that and i invited all my friends over and had a barbecue in my small backyard Mm. but you know when you feel the pressure yeah. of like making sure everyone's having a good time so I was mm. making sure everyone was having a drink and getting food and all the mm. rest of it the barbecue didn't go out until about 15 minutes from the end so I saw the replay mm-hmm. of Lampard's goal yeah. and then got there sat down for the last 15 minutes here we uh, go
1: uh, you see I was in the pub <laughs> we were in there was a little television in the corner that was like 3 seconds faster than, than uh, the, the main television. You know when you have that, yeah. you know, it's just somebody turn that bloody thing off. Yeah. And it was very frustrating because when Lampard's goal went in, our mate just suddenly just went, watch the television, watch this! And we were like, <laughs> what's he doing? Because we were unaware of this little yeah. television and suddenly it goes in. It's and... a little window into the future. <laughs> It's odd. But
2: TV then of course, versus iPad. Yeah, but yeah. then for Beckham's yeah. Penalty,
1: you go, oh, I don't want to watch that anymore. Yeah, exactly. So this somehow, because that will change events. Yeah. If I don't watch that television. Oh, you get so superstitious. Oh, God, so Bennett, yeah.
0: Do, do you have any sort of like pre-tournament rituals either of you really because I just get giddy and I get excited like mm. you might remember before the, the World Cup in 2018 I spent 40 quid on snacks just because I didn't know what to do with myself in <laughs> like half an hour before what the game get, what,
1: what were you talking is it many
0: crisps or what oh, was it? It was all kinds of crisps that was when I was freezing double deckers which I stand by uh-huh. um <laughs> <laughs> it, obviously, it's you've got to be careful with your teeth, but they are excellent. Uh-huh.
1: Um, I can't remember exactly what I bought, but yeah. it was
0: anything I could think of that I might want. You
1: can go crazy, can't you, in the supermarket when you see all these deals and you think, well, they're only a quid. All right, well, I'll have eight mm. of them. But exactly. Then you think, well, no, that's eight pounds. and Then you, suddenly you're like, 40 quid? I thought I was about to spend £3.50.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a, well, never go to the supermarket when you're hungry, as a rule. Um, Andy, you covered Portugal, though, when they won the Euros.
2: Yes, I did, and did you uh, get your cheapies? Uh, <laughs> it was it was really unusual, really really unusual. The only game I missed in the run of that because mm. I was I was I was doing another game. I think was the Croatia game, which was I think oh, the worst game of but the your entire man scored. tournament.
1: It was a dreadful game, but your man, your favourite
2: Cuadrésma scoring in Lons yeah. I mean, what could be more, more beautiful? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, if it had been in Leon, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I I just remember the, the bit I remember most about that tournament, and I, I loved it because it was in France, mm-hmm. and um, I spent a lot of time with um, family and people I love and stuff. And England were excellent, but <laughs> I I think the, the 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 most memorable bit was the quarterfinal, uh, which was between Portugal and Poland, mm. and so you know uh, me and me and my family were staying in a, a, a really nice place, this old. Um, Chateau uh, near Mm Aix-en-Provence had a great time drove off to the game leaving uh, plenty of time and uh, then I hit Marseille traffic I mean you know Aix-en-Provence is 20 Mm -hmm. minutes away from Marseille and on the sat-nav it says you know Velodrome 26 minutes Mm -hmm. I guess two and a half hours later I was on a flyover have you ever been in traffic like so bad where you think What's the worst that could happen if I simply abandoned my car,
1: I've, I, Andy? I've travelled around South America,
2: <laughs> and yeah, it's
1: when the seventeenth car back goes. Well, I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I, I eventually, I eventually got there, um, and um, by then, a little bit flustered. I'm quite difficult to fluster, but I admit mm. I was a little bit flustered. Got out of the car, ran up the steps. The accreditation people were really nice about it because, um, you know, there's a waiting list and they could give your accreditation mm-hmm. away. But I mailed ahead and said, said could mm-hmm. you could you help me out? Mm-hmm. Because I was in that much traffic that came yeah. that mail from my car. And um, I got up there and I had to do a slot on um, Five Live. And in many ways, it was... I would say a career highlight hmm. in that I was sat next to Chris Waddle oh. in the Stad Velodrome nah. where he oh, yeah, that's authored big. so many incredible moments yeah. just ahead of a, a Euro quarter final. People um, don't realize Ch- in this Ch- chapter how much he
1: it. is loved there still.
2: Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. He's, he's he's worshipped. I mean, for many people, he's considered one of the top two, three Marseille players ever. Anyway, I sat down next to him and he's like, You're a bit late then? I <laughs> uh, and I was like, Yeah, the. The, the the traffic's unbelievable. He goes, "Who oh, man? It's Marseille. You should have taken the TGV." <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's lovely. Oh.
0: Well, I mean, obviously, the, with some lovely memories of the Euros there. Euro twenty twenty is coming up in summer twenty twenty one, and hopefully, we'll make a lot more <laughs> lovely memories there. So, thanks, Andy and Marcus, for joining me on the show. I host now, Marcus. <laughs> Jim. Um, and yeah, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you later, Fanny.